Good morning, church. Good morning, church. Oh, thank you, and the building, and the Pomeroy's, and all those that waved. Before I start, uh, like to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you are a good God. You are exalted, O oh Lord. You are worth of all our praises. You are worth, O oh Lord God, to be lifted on high. We praise you and we honor your Father. We thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord God, that you are high and lifted up. You are the King of kings. You are the King of glory. You are worthy, O oh Lord God, of all our praises. And Father, as we come before you this morning, O oh Lord God, we say, O oh Father, may your will be done, O oh Lord God. May your name be exalted, O oh Father. And Lord God, as I bring your word, O oh Lord God, I ask, O oh Father, that Lord God, you will make me your best, O oh Lord God. Let let it be you, O oh Father, speaking through me, O oh Lord God. Father, let, let it be known, Lord God, that, O oh Father, the word that we preach, O oh Father, is not, Lord God, according to human will, O oh Father, but, Lord God, it is according to your will, O oh Father. So, Lord God, I commit this, this service into your hand, O oh Lord God. I commit this ceremony, Lord God, into your hand, O oh Father, that, Lord God, you'll speak through us, O oh Father, Lord God. Father, as I, I ask, O oh Lord God, that our hearts, O oh Father, will be receptive, O oh Father, of your word and that our life will be transformed, oh God. Lord, as I pray this morning, oh Father, I want to pray, Lord God, for all the young people, Lord God, that are going off to university this week, Lord God, and those that are already gone, oh Father. I ask, Lord God, your blessing to be upon them, oh Father. And Lord, I ask, oh Lord God, that as they get to different universities, oh Lord God, they will be the beacons of, of, of Christ, oh Father, that Lord God, wherever they are, your light will shine through them, oh God. Lord, I want to thank you and I want to give you glory, oh Father. I ask, Lord, Lord God, that of oh Father use me this morning. Use me, Lord God, to touch somebody's life, oh Lord God. Use me to transform somebody's life, oh God. For Lord God, that is what you've called us to do, oh Lord God. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. I pray. Amen. Okay. Reading from 1 Timothy 1 18 to 20. This I charge to you, son Timothy according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage a good warfare, having faith and good conscience, which, have, which some, having rejected concerning faith, have suffered shipwreck, of whom are Hymenus and Alexandra, whom I've delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. So we are continuing on the book of Timothy. Uh, Keith and Dave have already preached on the first uh, part of the of chapter one, and I will uh, just do the last three verses. And the title or the topic that I've been given for today is "Keep on Course." And I looked at the passage, and it's only three verses, and. Uh, this whole week I've been asking the Lord to show me or to give me what to say because I have got absolutely nothing that I can say about these three verses. I've gone over, over and over and over again and nothing is come out of it for me. But as, uh, as I was on lunch uh, sometime this week, I came downstairs and uh, Colleen was uh, shredding some paper and on there, I uh, came across 
a document that was dated 17th of June, 2007. And on that document, it was a, a title that said, Walking with God in True Obedience. Incidentally, that document was my very first official sermon that I ever preached in church. And I just took it upstairs and put it on the table where I, I was working and I left it there. And as I was uh, seeking God yesterday to find out what, what really do you want me to talk about, Lord? He reminded me that I've been given a topic that says, keep on course. And to keep on course, you need to be listening to instructions. You need to be following the instructions that you have been given for that course. And for us as Christians, we have been given the word of God. And for us to be able to follow the word of God, we need to obey what the word of God says. So God reminded me that I gave you that as a guideline of how I want you to walk with me. So I then went back and looked at that sermon. And I looked at it. And uh, when I looked at it, I looked at the definition of obedience. What is obedience? So I looked at the dictionary.com says, it is the state or quality of being obedient or the act or practice of obeying dutifully or submissive compliance that is being, con that is being conditioned in a state to follow orders without questions. So from this, I then gathered that obedience starts with listening. So you have to listen to the person that is giving you the instructions so that you will be able to obey that person. So it took me to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 30 verse 21, and it reads, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So the Bible actually refers to God's voice as the small, still voice, which is like a whisper. For, for someone to be able to hear someone whispering to them, they need to be paying attention and they need, to, they need not to be noises around them. Because otherwise, if there are noises, when the person whispers, you are not going to hear them because all the other noises are drowning that whisper. So the same applies to the voice of God. We need to be constantly listening out for the, for the word of God, for, the, the, for that small, still voice. And we need to know also where to listen. We need to know how to listen. And that took me to the book of Micah, Micah 6, eight, uh, 6 to 8, it reads, with what shall I come before the Lord and bow, my, and bow myself before God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? 
Will the Lord be pleased with a thousand rams, 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Has he, shown, he has shown you, O men, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with him? So this is telling us that God does not require burnt sacrifices. He does not require any of the sacrifices that we want to bring to him. But God requires us to come to him as we are, to submit ourselves to him, to give ourselves to him as living sacrifices. So in order for us to be able to walk with God, we need to be in agreement with God. You cannot walk with someone without being in agreement with them. That is not walking together. Amos in Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? So likewise, in our walk with Christ, we need to be in agreement with Christ. We need to listen to what he says and we agree with his word, not just when it suits, when it suits us, but we need to be in obedience of God's word all the time, we need to be giving ourselves to him and we need to let him take charge and take control of our lives because when we go according to our own understanding, we will go astray. So God is looking for us to come to him in obedience to forsake everything else and give ourselves to him. Paul writes in, in Romans 12, verses 1 to 3, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will, which is good and pleasing and his perfect will for us. So Paul here is telling us that we need to deny our flesh in order for us to fulfill the calling of God. And in order for us to be pleasing before God, we need to deny our flesh and we need to look to Christ. We need to look to him as our author and perfecter of our faith. Without Christ, we are nothing. If we live a life that is without Christ, no matter how good our deeds may be, we, we are just nothing. We need to have our lives centered in Christ. So this is part of what we need to be doing in order for us to keep on track or to keep on course. Remember, 
that the Lord will take pleasure. Sorry, remember that when the Lord takes pleasure in you, he will cause even your enemies to make peace with you. So that's how good our God is. No matter what the situation may be around you, but if God is, is pleased with your life, with your, your way you conduct yourself, he will make those circumstances work, to, work together for your good. So if you want to see more about that, uh, go to Proverbs 16, verse 7. It will give you a little bit more on what I just said about making your enemies at peace with you. So when, when we know where, where to listen and who to listen to, we then need to come to him humbly. So being humbly means being humble means submitting yourself to the will of God. Submitting not just when it suits you, but all the time. Not coming to God because you have got a need, but coming to God at all the time, whether you are thankful or whether you are asking for something. Whether you are on the mountain, whether you are on the valley. There's a song that says the God of the mountains is the God of the valley. So no matter where you are in your life, God is there for you. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So God wants to do everything for your good. He wants everything to work out for your good. So for us to submit our lives, it, ourselves to God, it means we have to totally change the way that we live live in a total transformation, not being like the people that Paul was talking about earlier on in the chapter where, who were preaching the gospel in order to, to meet their needs. Those are the people that he is referring to uh, on, on verse 19 or verse 20 where he says, of whom are Herminius and Alexander, whom I've delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. So we need to be right before God and humble ourselves and know what we are called to do. So that means we need to be rooted and established in the true word of God. Let it be our foundation, let our roots be in the word of God. And when we do that, we will not be moved. Being rooted in the word of God means you have true intimacy with God and knowing your identity, knowing who you are in Christ, and knowing who you are in Christ is not enough. You need to know who you are in Christ and then know what that means in your everyday life. Apply that knowledge to your life. If we do not apply it into our lives, we are like people that know that that bottle contains poison and yet still we go ahead and drink it. 
So we need to know who we are in Christ and apply that knowledge. And that, that will then take us a step further in our walk with Christ. Because he will direct us, he will direct our steps. You might be asking yourself, I know who I am in Christ, but I'm not sure what I'm meant to be doing. The Bible calls us and tells us that whatever we do, in Colossians 3:23, whatever you do, work it with all your heart as working to the Lord, not to human masters. So everything that you do, you need to do as though you are doing it to God. And by doing that, you find that you are fulfilling your calling. And as you do it more and more, God will reveal that this is what I've called you to do. It might be, it might be that you have got a passion for, for blogging. Why don't you go ahead and do that unto the Lord? Your blog is out there to touch thousands and thousands of lives. So when you do that, you are not doing it for yourself, but you are doing it as unto Christ. So it might be you, you're just wondering, what do I do for Christ? Take your passion and use it. Use it to the glory of God. It might be taking photographs. Do that as unto Christ. It might be serving in your place of work. Do that as unto Christ. You might be the only Bible that you people in your workplace get to read. So if you say, I am a Christian and your works do not portray the Christian life in you, then you are not doing it as unto Christ. So you need to be doing everything as unto Christ. And as you do that, God will reveal your true calling to you. And this might be probably the most challenging part of our Christian walk. having that intimacy with God. Some of us will spend five minutes reading the Bible and then quick read of the verse of the day and then we get on with our daily, daily chores and we say that is enough, but that is no ways enough. If God means so much to us, how can we spend five minutes with him and then spend six hours binging on box sets? When you look, when you look at those two, who means more to you? Is it God or is it the box sets? So the amount of time that you dedicate to something means how much commitment you have for, for that thing. Can you imagine God saying, I will reward everything according to the time that they spend with me? 
and he says, oh, that one spent five minutes with me today, so I'll watch over him just for five minutes, and he's on his own for the rest of the day. That will be chaos. But God is a good God. No matter what we do, he's still compassionate towards us. So let us transform our lifestyles. Let us transform our thinking, allowing our flesh to conform to the will of God. Romans 8, 6 to 8, reading from the New Living Translation says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by your, by the spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. So when you gave your life to Christ, the spirit of God came and lives in you. And you need to ensure that the, the lifestyle that you are living is in line with the will of the Spirit. So keep on reminding yourself that you are of the Spirit. Proverbs 3, verse 7 and 8 says, Do not be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. So when you turn to the Lord and you fear the Lord, it brings healing to your body and it brings strength to your bones. See, when we are in step with God, he makes sure that we have got all the other things added unto our lives. Like it says in Matthew 6, it says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto us. So we need not to worry about the things that are happening around us. If we worry about the things that are happening around us, we are going to lose our course. But we need to, to be remembering to seek the kingdom and its righteousness. And we need also to go back, as, as Paul is reminding Timothy, of the promises that were said to him. We need to 
remind ourselves, what is it that God said to me when he called me? And we need to focus on those promises. We need to focus on those prophecies and let them come to life. That way, God will use us even more. So, for us to be able to ensure that we keep on course, we need to make the adjustments. To ensure we are walking in true obedience, we need to make some serious adjustments in our lives. Instead of the takeaway prayer and Bible reading, why not have a sit-down meal? So someone that goes to a restaurant and, and gets a takeaway is someone that is in a rush. But someone that comes in and sit down and have table service is someone that has taken time to be there and appreciate being in that place. Why don't we have that sit-down meal with God? God is not a, a far-away being. He is in us. He lives in us. So we need to make that time to converse with him. We, we always tend to think that God will hear our prayers, but he has got no time to speak to us. God longs so much to speak to us. Sometimes we talk too much that we do not give God the chance to speak to us. God is always talking to us. So one of the things that we can do is spend time meditating upon his word. In Luke 18, Jesus told the story of the persistent widow. Jesus is giving an example there that we ought to always pray. So the judge, even though he did not believe in God or fear men, because the woman was so faithful and persistent with, with her request, the judge eventually gave in and said, lest this woman wear me down. But we will never wear God down because God created us to be beings of communion. When he created us in, in the Garden of Eden, he created us so that we will have communion with him. The Bible says he will come and have communion with Adam in the cool of the day. So God wants to have that two-way communication with us. So the other thing that God wants to do, want us to do is to meditate on his word. He has given us his word to be our daily bread. Joshua 1 verse uh, 8, reading from the New Translation, says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then, only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. And Deuteronomy 3, 1 to 3 reads, 
be careful to obey all the commands I'm giving you today. Then you will live and multiply. You will enter and occupy the land the Lord saw to give to ancestors. Remember how the Lord led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So this is where we go into the word of God on a day-to-day basis, meditate on it line by line, get to hear what God is saying through that word. We need to commit ourselves wholeheartedly to the word of God. Deuteronomy 11, 18 to 21 says, so commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Write them on the doorposts of of your house and your gates so that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish in the land the Lord saw to give to your ancestors. So God is telling us that we need to commit to his word. We need to have his word Everywhere we go. It says to write it, to wear it on our foreheads as reminders. Some people might might say tattooing is part of what is meant by putting it around on your heads and wearing it on your foreheads. But I think the best way of tattooing God's word is memorizing it and putting it into your heart. That's the best way you can wear God's word. And remember that there is no scripture is irrelevant. Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach, to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare us and to to prepare and to equip his people to do every good work. So the more we meditate on the word of God, the more we get closer to him and the more we are going to hear from God. Remember that I mentioned earlier on that obedience begins with listening, 
So the more time we take to listen to God, the more we are going to hear and the more we are going to obey his commands. When we hear this small, still voice, it will guide us to where God wants us to be. We may have our own plans in our hearts, but we need to remember that God directs our steps. In Psalm 37, 23, it says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. So you may have your plans and your plan may not go according to the way that you thought. It is not because your plan has failed, but it is because God has ordered your steps that way. So whenever your plans fail in your eyes, don't give up because they haven't failed. God has directed your steps in the right direction. So whatever we do, we need to make sure that our time puts God first. Remember, the Bible tells us that God is a jealous God. See Exodus 20, verse 2 to 6, it tells you more about the nature of God and how he wants you for him. And also look at Joshua 24, 20. God is calling us to serve him and him alone. He calls us to come to him, all who are heavily burdened, and he will give us rest. So we ought to look towards God and let him take charge of our lives. Whatever situation we may be facing, let, it, let, us, give us, let us give it over to God. And one important thing, that we, we tend to neglect. God tells us about stealing from him. And for too long, we have been stealing for him, and yet we claim to love him. So if we look at uh, Proverbs 3, just bear with me one second while I get to it. Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10. I'm sure Rachel read that earlier on. It says, honor the Lord with your possession and with the first fruits of all your increase so that your bands will be filled with plenty and your vats with overflow with new wine. And Malachi Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 and 9 says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed God? In tithes and offerings, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Oh, sorry. For you have robbed me even with this whole nation. 
bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will not be enough room to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy so that you will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vines fail to bear fruit in the field, says the Lord of hosts. God is promising us that when we try him, he will do great things for us. I want, I want you to understand me and hear me right. We do not buy God. We do not bring offerings. We do not bring tithes into the house of God in order for God to give us back. We do that as a form of worship. But when we do that, God promises to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that we cannot contain. So this morning, you might be going through a difficult situation or you might have come off course. You might be turning, you might be tuning in here this morning for the first time and you do not know Jesus. You may have made a commitment before, but you have strayed away from from your walk with God. Well, this call is for you this morning. When Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are heavily burdened, and I'll give you rest. Jesus is calling on to you this morning. And if, if that is you this morning, I would like to pray with you. I would like to pray with you so that you may come back into God's wonderful family, become part of the wonderful family and share in the goodness of God that God has for you. So if that's you this morning, with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I would like to pray for you. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, that you are a good God. You are a God that forgives our sins. You are a God that makes a way. And Lord, we we come to you this morning as your church, oh Father. We repent of our sins. And we say, Lord God, come and have your way in us. Lord, bring us back onto your path. Lord, where we have faced challenges, you promised in your word, Lord God, that you will never leave us nor forsake us, O Lord God. Lord, you say in your word, even young men grow tired and weary, but those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Lord, we are coming to you this morning as your church, and we are asking, Lord God, that you will renew our strength and that, Lord God, you will put us back on that course so that, Lord, we will walk according 
to your will and we will walk with you in true obedience, Lord. Father, we give you glory. We give you honor. And if you have walked, if you have gone away from the Lord, or if you 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 feel you are not in the right place and you want to go back, I would like you to pray this prayer with me. Or if you've not given your life to Jesus before, I would like you to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again. I believe that you died for my sins. I ask you to forgive me my sins. And I invite you to come into my life and be the Lord of my life. I receive you. Come and dwell in me. Come and have your way in me. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Direct my steps from today and forevermore. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If you pray that prayer, we believe you have been born again. And if you are not part of a church, we'll encourage you to join a good Bible-based church around you, or you can get in contact with us and we will uh, lead you in the next steps. Thank you very much for tuning in with us this morning.